On this week's Inside Marketing, I'm going to be joined by a regular contributor to the show. It's the one and only Kieran O'Kane. I love having him on because he's candid in his opinions and he always talks a lot of sense. It's going to be a good one. We're going to talk about privacy. We're going to talk about the death third-party cookies. Finally, we're going to talk about the importance of curation in private marketplaces. And we might even talk about Elon Musk. We look back on a busy, busy and eventful year that was in 2023. And more importantly, we look to the year ahead in 2024. So join me today as I talk to Kieran O'Kane only on this week's episode. The Inside Marketing Podcast. Brought to you by Dentsu and Irish Times Media Solutions. Hello and welcome to uh, this week's episode of Inside Marketing. So this is a this is a special one for lots of reasons. First of all, it's in person, which is uh, exciting because we don't do many of them. But second of all, I'm welcoming back an old friend and a regular amazing contributor to the show, Mr. Kieran O'Kane. How are you doing, Kieran? Uh, thanks for having me back, Dave. Uh, You're yeah. always great, so I, I love having you. I love having you on. It's become like a festive thing now, coming in uh, in from London and uh, you know doing this podcast and then heading up to Monaghan, uh, Carmel Cross, the home of ad tech. Yeah, it is indeed. We were chatting <laughs> about that earlier, and we even had a guest appearance from Rob Kinsella earlier on. There, he he he's gone off. He's a busy man, so uh, yeah, I look forward to. It, but it's always one that it's always one that. Um, I think because it's quite ad techy, which is good, um, which is good for some people. But sometimes it can be confusing for some people. But we'll, I'll try. I'll be here to try and kind of rein you in and, and try and say, don't know what you mean by that. But um, it is always great because what I love about it is you can you're not as cons- as constrained as maybe I am about certain things. So you can get and it's a point of view, right? I think sometimes the industry is just lacking a point of view, right? What mm. do you think and what do you think? Well, we might not always be right, but y- you have a point of view. So. Um, How's biz, first of all, before we start? How are you getting on? How's yeah, all good. Um, we did four, Exchange Wire, we did four big conferences this year. We did London, uh, Singapore, Madrid, and we did Tokyo a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, still huge attendance, still huge uh, uh, momentum in the industry. So we've had a good year. Um, I mean, it's been a fairly mixed year, I'd say, for most of the people in the space, um, you know, pretty flat start the year it's picked up towards the end of the year and obviously the economic conditions are helping now mm. um you know uh, inflation is decreasing interest rates could go down next year so i think 2024 will probably be a better year for most of the industry mm. but the opportunities are still there um i'm still very bullish about the industry yeah i, I mean and you know, i know covid was tough for an events based business that could and that would have probably put a lot of people out of business so the fact that you've been going for so long shows that you're obviously doing something right and that you're you know people like it are you finding the attendances and stuff are back to pre covid levels is there yeah, a huge and, appetite for yeah, this yeah and we've um you know um <clears throat> deeper relationships with agencies like yourself they're invited and we're partnering with them mm. as well cuz like the buyers are the way in. Like it's very different from, as people would know, very different from the likes of the US. We've got, you know, big brand-driven stuff here. Mm. It's agencies kind of are the route to um, media spend. So we spend a lot of time engaging our uh, um, agency uh, audience and smart people coming to our events. Smarter people are coming to the events to want to know things. Mm. I think we're in a kind of um, a flux. At the minute, like there's a huge change going on in the yeah. industry, and people are they want to know. There's a thirst for knowledge. Mm. They want to be ahead of the curve. They just don't want to take just Google at their word or Amazon's word. Mm. I mean, they want to know what what else is going on in the space. Yeah, and there's a lot to know because it's like 
it's a whole micro industry in and of itself, ad tech, because and media is a kind of subset of marketing, and marketing is a subset of brand management. But but there's a it, like it's a huge industry, and there's a lot of changes, quite a lot. So, right, we're going to kick on now. As you, I think this is your fifth time on on the show. Um, and I, it, I think it was five years ago we talked about one of the big trends, which was the death of third party cookies. <laughs> right, five years ago. Now. It's finally happening. Q1 next year is happening. And I feel maybe we should have a minute silence for the cookie because it, <laughs> it served us well. And it, and my God, it hung around like like a bad smell for a long time. But it looks like it's going. And you've talked about um, privacy being a big thing, particularly in terms of next year. So um, a lot of ad tech was built on cookies, uh, misuse of cookies, I would say, in terms of bad user experience to a degree, um, and the invasion of privacy, which has which has got us where we are today. And, you know, just think we couldn't help ourselves once we had the technology, we abused it, um, and it didn't make it, it didn't make for a great experience for anybody. How is privacy going to shake up the industry as we move forward? Um, it's a good question. I think we're, it, it's, a, it's been a slow uh, transition from the time I talk about that five years ago, whatever it was. Um, I think the industry's kind of like ducked and dive a little bit. You know, Safari was the first to go sort of dark in terms of like signal loss. Um, you know, they deprecated their own third-party cookie many, many years ago. GDPR has had an effect on that. And, and now Google has finally pulled the trigger on their own third-party cookie. And what the industry has done in those um, years is that they've kind of just over-indexed on Chrome. Mm. So Chrome obviously is the biggest market, has the biggest market share outside the US in terms of like, you know, browser use, you know, a lot of Apple users probably use Safari, but generally speaking, most people use uh, Chrome on their desktops, whether it's an Apple, I've got an Apple Apple uh, Mac on the desk here and I'm using Chrome myself because it is a good browser. A lot of the industry kind of over-indexed that and I think now the carpet has been pulled out from underneath them. Um, Google has decided that they want to do the privacy um, thing, uh, which, is, I, which I, I think is the right thing to do. I think it's it's the correct thing to do. Mm. I think the industry is slightly uh, ill prepared for what's coming next. Um, uh, what I what I'm seeing is there's going to be a scramble to sort of get into privacy sandbox. Mm. And I'll I'll be brutally honest with you, nobody knows anything about privacy sandbox. Yeah. I actually posted a quip on um It's very private, I would expect it. It's very private. Yeah, though. yeah. I mean I did I, I posted a quip on LinkedIn the other day about how I see mm. I see I still see I loads that, yeah. of AI consultants in my feed and I haven't seen one privacy sandbox consultant. And the reality is nobody knows how it works. Yeah. Nobody knows how it's gonna work. But you're seeing now lots of sort of performance uh companies Criteo and MIQ, to, to name a few, leaning heavily into it because it's going to be probably the only way uh, to activate lower funnel um, media. What I mean, like predominantly retargeting, yeah, right? Retarding, so, yeah. but anything sort of mid to upper funnel stuff, the kind of branding stuff, like performance branding, if you will, um, it gets broken. Mm. Attribution breaks it. So, like this is the reason why this sort of underpins everything going forward, right? Like. It, privacy is such an important part mm. of ad tech now, right? And that in itself is a massive part of media because ad tech powers the advertising industry. It's yeah. funny your intro there. I always I always bring this stat up as even to like investors and 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 just people who are who are not in the industry that advertising effectively is a trillion dollars or will be a trillion dollars by next year, um, and the majority of that is digital. Mm. And what's powering the digital part? 
the infrastructure layer is Zantech. So it mm. is absolutely yeah. uh, incredibly uh, important for the industry to kind of, it, you can't function without yeah. targeting or, or, or measurement or activation, which is what AdTech does. Um, <clears throat> so so w- what we're going to see next year is, is a complete sea change. Like this has been coming and coming and coming. Yeah. What, what, is it, what's the old Mark Twain things? Like you, you, you go rich slowly and then very quickly. Yeah, like yeah. So and if, if we could just toss that metaphor on its head, it's kind of like privacy comes slowly and then yeah, comes very, yeah. very quickly. And yeah. like, before you know it, you oh, oh shit, I don't have a strategy. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of... I don't know because it kept it was the slow roll into it wasn't it because it was it yeah. was kicked out and kicked out and kicked out and it was kind of like maybe people said oh I'll worry about it later on I'll worry about it later on and I'll, and now here we are and maybe some people are going oh I'll worry about it in Q3 when it's finally 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 fully gone but um uh, but the thing is I, I would add everybody thinks that Google has some kind of like evil agenda here right I don't think so I think it's more a case of their their product team like Google is a massive organization mm-hmm. right and the product team in Chrome says we want privacy as a standard because our competitors have it, Safari has it, and it's not good for mm. us to have that. You know, we need to have the same level of privacy they do. So removing third-party cookies, and that's what we're talking about—not first-party yeah. cookies, but third-party cookies, which basically allow you to do tracking across different domains, ha- is going right. Yeah, yeah. So the industry needs to find new ways, and they will find news. I'm mm. I'm pretty confident it will. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I and and there's a. Like I think one of the things that happened, I saw quite a lot. I mean, the the from my side of the fence, the agencies, I think the planning became quite lazy in a sense. That yeah, we don't have to worry about any context. Just yeah. find this person, wherever they show up, and you kind of and it did. And we we lost a, a sense of importance of context, which I think was fucking mental to a degree. Um, and I think do you and and I think the industry is now. It, it was early technology started off we rushed into it and it was great and then again as we kind of appreciate well actually maybe it wasn't great maybe privacy is really important maybe we can do this in a better way maybe context is important so do you think do you get a sense of even you mentioned Lumen we were chatting earlier on and we've done a lot of work with Lumen in terms of attention holding the industry to a higher standard of planning metrics is that going to do you see that being continuing to be big it's, yeah. it's relatively early but and do you welcome that? Yeah, so just so people know that I, you know, first party capitals. Uh, I'm a I'm a general partner in FPC. We've invested in Lumen, and uh, we've made a huge bet in Lumen and and, and the, the attention space. Yeah. Like Lumen is just one of a few players in that space. It's it's effectively a new category, and what Lumen is, I suppose, is is a new post privacy signal, right? That um, that sort of media buyers can lean into. Um, and one of the things they're doing at the minute is that, and, and been working pretty hard is is connecting attention to outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and it's sort of like a move away from your traditional, I would say, Google-esque sort of uh, metrics, click-through rates and all the rest of it, and moving more towards engagement, right? Particularly that mid to upper funnel stuff. And um, I think it's a good outcome um, for the industry. I think it's a good sort of uh, progress to something that's not, you know, um, going to be seen as sort of an encroachment on your personal privacy mm-hmm. and it moves the industry in a, in a, in a more positive direction like um, I think stuff like this improves uh, you know performance not just only performance but also like the user experience because you know it may it, it will sort of lean into more um, creative mm-hmm. elements um, and sort of make the creative important again, as if it wasn't beforehand. But like we kind of kind of ignored the creative in many many ways for the last fifteen years. But I see it kind of like a, a, a new signal 
that you can activate media, particularly in a programmatic sense. And I think it's it, you're going to see more of that next year. Mm. Um, don't, don't get me wrong; there's still sort of like some gaps in this. A lot of a lot of the um, attention stuff hasn't um, had a proper outcomes like um, base thing, but I think that's coming. Mm. It will be coming. And I just see more and more, uh, particularly omni-channel buys. I think it's going to be more and more uh, agencies, brands using attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's got, so we, I'm going to pick up on a couple of things because we because trends are trends, right? And you, and you said it earlier on uh, a few minutes ago that things tend to start and and but they start and it takes a while for them to kind of gain some momentum. So some of the things we talked about, I want to pick up on again and kind of say what have we seen in that space happening. But before I jump back onto some of the things. Um, when we were chatting off mic, you talked about the importance of curation, right? And what yeah. that means for um, for open marketplaces. So can you, and again, just we, everybody probably knows what the word curation means in their own um, kind of field and what it means. So talk to me about it in terms of your what you mean by it or some examples of what you mean by um, it. And why is it so important? Why, why do you think it's such a big deal? Uh, so, so, I mean, curation is basically... Um, the ability to kind of craft specific uh, media campaigns, programmatic campaigns, and it's all based around um, private marketplaces or PMPs, right? Which is sort of like, it's effectively like a a specific deal that can be loaded into a DSP so people listen. That's how um, the programmatic thing gets, programmatic campaigns get activated via Mm -hmm. DSP. So Curation has been able to bring all those particular PMPs together and build a specific campaign for for a, a, an agency or or or, or, or team, yeah. um, and 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 it, it it's a thing that's kind of been underreported in many ways. So PMPs have become a way for most of programmatic to be activated in the last sort of like you know I'd say two years, three years. Open marketplace has sort of been the dominant way to activate media, but there's a problem with. There's a big there's a big problems with the open marketplace right now. One is um just it's not privacy first, right? Mm. Um and and the underlying function of it, like cookie matching, which is the way that most DSPs and SPs work, like matching IDs, yeah. just becomes impossible because you don't have any third party cookie, right? Yeah. Now there are solutions out there that will cover off some of that, but it will there's a whole blank space where you're not able to do that. Yeah. Um there's also you know, we, we talked about sustainability. There's also the huge carbon footprint that, you know, the, the computational power to listen to impressions across the entire ecosystem is is vast. Mm. So, you know, I, SPO could solve some of that, which is supply path optimization. But I think we're going to see more and more programmatic campaigns activated this way. Um, I think it gives you more control. Um, we've seen the, the furore about uh, made for advertising, yeah. um, which we haven't touched on. Those MFA sites are are basically capturing quite a lot of programmatic spend globally. Right, and yeah. the reason why they're doing so well is that they're optimized towards the algorithms that run DSP. So algos sort of like optimized to viewability or CTRs. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of like takes that away. And what you'll have with curation is a, a flight to quality like there'll be more top tier publishers and there'll be more signal aggregation as well. Like, so think about, you know, sustainability at scope three, do a lot of PMPs, um, you know, uh, green bids and, and impact Pluto are in the same, same space. Lumen do a lot of PMPs that, that's resold by the likes of tag, like they're layered into mm. the car. The way it's just the, the ability to build these bespoke campaigns mm-hmm. 
and then activate it across trusted media. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's like a human touch, if you will. Mm. Uh, which I think is interesting. The other thing is 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 you know, agencies like this because it's a better transactional piece as well. Like you know, um, you know, PMPs are, you know, they're difficult to set up, but they're better for campaign performance or yeah. other other aspects. So yeah, I mean, I'm getting a lot of pushback. I've got I, I posted a mad tech sketch which sort of outlines why LMP will be starting to you know lose traction versus curation, and yeah. we're seeing. Loads of new companies pop up. Like I know um, Microsoft Advertising, which was formerly Xamarin, which was formerly AppNexus, were sort of the trailblazers in this space, and Ipen WebNet, which is now owned by Criteo. But we are seeing new companies like uh, Origin, uh, a multi-local that are kind of helping to um, build these curation deals and also activate them because one of the biggest problems is how do you make them work? You yeah, know, like because yeah, yeah. they're you still have to trade them and make them work towards the KPIs. So there's this shift the way, and, and it's a, it's really important to understand that that economic shift. That's why I think it's a, a really interesting macro trend as well. Money shifting from the open marketplace to 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 curation. Right. It's super boring, but it, 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 and many people would go, "What? What the hell are you talking about?" Like, uh, but but it, it, it's it's the economics of that yeah, which yeah. changes a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think it's boring at all, Kieran. Don't be, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be, you're never boring. Um, no, it's not. I'm not saying boring. Now, at all. We, we, we could uh, uh, let's we we could talk for an hour about the next thing. And I'm conscious, as I say, I, I might never I might never be able to stop you talking. But let's AI, right? It's a huge, it's a big topic, right? And it means a lot to a lot of industries everywhere. And you know, it's it's but it's certainly been a topic that's made all the headlines and all kinds of reasons. Whether it's even in popular culture with the Beatles or whatever, or or creative with um, you know Tom Hanks' Dental Ads. It's a big topic. It's gonna it's it's gonna get it's gonna become more important. What what I what I kind of think is quite exciting is um, like the creative aspect of it because media, the ability to target people and find audiences through media has always been very sophisticated. What has been lacking is the kind of the ability to then activate a message based on what you know about somebody. Mm. So no point in having 28 different segments if you got two ads. It's just irrelevant because yeah. you don't know. So when you can start to uh, kind of scale up lots of different creative combinations that aren't right for the person called plugging media creative in to, to an automated system, automated creative. It's quite exciting. Yes, yeah, it's it's programmatic um, creative, not necessarily AI, but it's powered by AI. So what do you think? Again, but then there's a, another part of me that thinks Oh, here we go again, talking about the next big thing, right? So two years ago, we talked about the metaverse, and me and you, right, you were saying it's, this is it's all smoke and mirrors, it's misdirection, and and it's not going to be as big as certain people think it is. But we tend to jump on these things, right? It, it, the cookie was revolutionary, and it was going to change our industry, and now it will be dead, and this time next year it'll be gone. Yeah. Uh, is it? Is this going to change? Anything all that much? Are you excited about it, or um, or should we? You know, is it overhyped? If you zoom out. Like just take put putting ad tech and <clears throat> media advertising aside for a minute. If you zoom out around AI, I mean it's not new, right? Machine learning has been around for decades, yeah. right? Like, yeah. it, and it's been powering quite a lot of technology. Yeah. Um, what we have had now is sort of like the parlor tricks of ChatGPT, right? Mm -hmm. To bring it into sort of the public consciousness about it. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like fuel a lot of the hype cycle. And you're right about like you know. Uh, Particularly VCs have got absolutely destroyed by the crypto uh, yeah. crash, if you will, right? 
billions and billions of dollars invested in these companies that have gone nowhere. And now we've got a chance to sort of pipe a lot of um, money into AI. The problem is a lot of the uh, AI value will be captured by the big tech companies, right? Mm. So if you think about, you know, who's whose stock price or who's doing well, it's the likes of Microsoft, um, Google, Meta, Amazon, they're all going to capture the value of AI because it's basically just enables their products to run better. Mm. And then you've got the chip manufacturers like NVIDIA who've just gone off the charts in terms of like, you know, valuation on the stock market. And then it's basically the cloud guys, you know, Azure, which is owned by Microsoft, Google, mm-hmm. AWS is owned by Amazon. So in a sense, they capture a lot of the value. What it means for the rest of us is that I think uh, it's more of an enabler than transformational. Mm-hmm. So it will, you, you, you will use it. Like yeah. just like you use Microsoft Word or Google Sheets, yeah. it'll just become a day-to-day thing and yeah. it will improve efficiencies. Will it replace like things? Yeah, over time it mm. probably will. Just jobs evolve. It's just just another low piece value of administrative. No, no, just I think people need to kind of like there's there's this kind of like mindset, negative mindset around technology, and and it's sort of like I would what, what do they call it? Like it's called you know technology porn, if you will. Like you mm. know nightmares of apocalypse like yeah, you know yeah, skynet yeah. and like these are this is technology that's been around for a long time and like they talk about it as if it's sentient i don't believe that like if you like it it's more evolution it it definitely it's computational power to be able to do things that human beings can't yeah, do right yeah. but it won't have any creative thinking it won't be able to to kind yeah. of like come up with new ideas it's a derivative yeah. it's a bit like coldplay right this is a good metaphor. <laughs> Coldplay had one good album and it just repeated the same album over again. Or Taylor Swift. It's derivative. Yeah. I, I don't know what that is. That's weird. I, 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 I think she's a machine. I don't, I don't understand why people like her, but that's not, that's another podcast. So so my, so my then zooming back into our world, right? I think that AI has huge application. It's already been applied. So like think about algorithms that run on DSPs. Good example of a recent company was Cybids. Basically, was building like um, custom algorithms for trading. Right, so you you can you can see how AI could be helping with the trading me- mechanism. What does that mean? Does trading desk go away? Do like traders go away? No, they just kind of evolve into the. Yeah. They probably move into curation because you're going to need a bunch of people to kind of figure mm. that stuff out because you've got a bunch of inventory. But AI could be used there as well. What's m- most interesting around this, I think is that the planner buyers who are kind of almost overlooked for a good decade uh, will re- will regain more power within the agency. Yeah. And their planning capabilities will be more important than ever. Um, and I see AI helping them, but they'll be able to work on the strategy stuff more, yeah. right? Which is, I think, where agencies need to be kind of like leaning more into, not saying that they don't do more of that, but I think no, I that agree, yeah. there was an over, I think a lot of agencies over-indexed on the programmatic side. We got um, good at executional layer of stuff and, yeah. and yeah yeah but but I think there's going to be a renaissance in the planner buyer uh, solution now uh, in terms of other areas I think you're right about the creative it's like ingesting specific campaign performance and then basically building that back into yeah. improving the creative like so that's been promised by programmatic for years whether mm-hmm. that happens or not I think things like um, you know, copywriting to a point like writing uh, text for search uh, ads. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, funny enough, a company called Carpy or their portfolio does, does uh, product descriptions for Amazon, does it really well. Semantic Search, really cool company, totally verticalized um, around that. 
you know, using their own sort of data and large language model to build sort of their own sort of uh, specific uh, 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 solution. Yeah. Things like that are going to help agencies. Mm. So I am an optimist about, yeah, I don't, I, I think it's a good enabler technology. I think the hype is a little bit overplayed. Yeah. I do worry that the value will be captured by those big, big tech companies, which I don't know, makes them more powerful. But I, I at the same time, I still think it's more like give us the tools and we'll do it. There'll be mm. always a layer above it that will be able to make money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that yeah, was very long winded. No, no, and I, and I, 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 don't, I, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, you mentioned Amazon there. So, I mean, last year we talked about retail media and you were saying it's <laughs> huge, it's huge, and it is huge. And it's gone, it hasn't quite, it's, it's still relatively, um, infant, I wouldn't even say it's even, it hasn't been born yet really in this yeah. market apart from certain people. But um, how big is that? Is it, is it still, would you still be bullish about retail media? Because um, I've started to hear a lot more from people on the ground here and 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 people who are retailers kind of saying, we could make a few quid here. Um, what's happening has it evolved ever since? I mean, I know I'm, I know how it works on Amazon, but are you seeing it take taken off in any shape? Is there anything mm. interesting happening in that space, or is it kind of just like basically um, search listings and stuff in so in a so, wall garden? Yes, yeah, so, I have a fairly nuanced answer for this. Uh, it is big, mm-hmm. but let's just again, like you know, go into the detail. <laughs> the, retail media is not a competitor to Amazon, right? You can't. Out Amazon, Amazon. Mm. Amazon's first party data is second to none in terms of sales data, right? They're a machine, right? Amazon, uh, retail media works for Amazon at scale. What you have in the rest of the pot is a bunch of retailers like Tesco's and Sainsbury's and Carrefour in France and a few others that are running effectively wall gardens, right? That are looking at the trade budgets, right? The, you know, the, the shelf space advertising that um, Heinz and all the rest of the, the CPGs spend. Uh, and I said, okay, how can we get them to spend more money mm-hmm. on uh, our digital channels? Now, they're also interested in non-endemic, like, you know, insurance brands and stuff. But uh, Tesco's goal is not to sort of serve unrelated ads. Yeah, they're, they're, insurance they're, ads to me when I want to no, put their beans goal, in my basket. They're, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're there to sell more Heinz beans so they yeah. can make re- revenue. But these guys are operating wall gardens and it's sort of like omni-channels. They don't just have digital, they have out of home. Remember, like there's some amazing space within those stores yeah. throughout, like Tesco's run thousands of stores. So mm-hmm. they have a lot of like potential for out of oh, home, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. using that data then. To co- so I think that's one part of it. You're going to have, uh, you know, these wall gardens, but there are going to be a few of them, Dave, because they're not big enough. Mm. A, to have... To have the capability to, to 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 have a big sales team to sell this stuff, mm. and B, I don't think agencies don't want to have a hundred fragmented stores that they have to manage. That's mm. just not that's not viable. It might and, be a direct thing in terms of like done so. stores selling 100%, directly, to, like 100%. like they do with end of aisle displays. Yeah, it's done with the yeah, there'll be like yeah. direct deals and bespoke stuff. Yeah. Very much IO driven. Like I don't see the opportunity for a programmatic ad tech here, right? But talking to agencies, agencies want scale. Right, mm-hmm. and what they want is programmatically enabled inventory with really strong signals. And what these retail media take it away Tesco's and take away mm-hmm. the Dunn stores were right. But I'm talking about you know second tier, third tier, so like utility publishers or someone like Uber that has really strong first party data, yeah, and being able to aggregate that and buy right. So like one of the agents said to me, right, I want to move my 
TV spend here, right? Mm. Or I want to have a signal-rich uh, area. It's funny, I was, you know, I'm just almost contradicting myself here, but <laughs> I almost think that that could be where open marketplace demand goes. Right. Because that that inventory is so signal rich. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you have yeah. say, you you'll have first party and super, data and super relevant. Yes. So you you've a buying signal. You're in. 100%, you're in market. Like, the the ten, the ten signals, products and all. Yeah. So like, that's where I think retail media goes, and I don't even know if we can call it retail media because it's just more programmatic, right? Yeah. It's just like more supply. There are a couple of companies who are doing good stuff right now. Crypto have have. have very successfully pivoted their business away from retargeting into like retail media. I think we're, they're one of a few like Kevil as well. Um, Pubmatic are doing a lot in there to, to aggregate that supply for the likes of, you know, uh, the Trade Desk or Yahoo or whatever DSP, DV360. So that's where I think things will go. And I, I actually said to Tesco and said, don't bother opening up the programmatic. You're right. insane. You'll yeah. make a ton of money selling this directly Direct. to your to, yeah. to the agencies. They'll still want to be in your wall garden. Yeah. But I can't see how Tesco's and Sainsbury's sit down and standardize ad units across their their their, their properties because yeah. the user experience of the UX is so important to those guys. Well, uh, Why yeah. would you want to ruin yeah. like for the sake of a couple of more million quid, are you going to sacrifice Tens of millions of pounds yeah. on lost sales because someone's pissed off on an mainstream app. The UX is desperate. When you go on, you're being yeah, given irrelevant data. I don't think yeah, people yeah. realize that. That's yeah. the, and I think it's the wrong, it's the wrong thing to chase for ad tech companies, yeah. and even agencies. Like I, I think like they they really want that sort of signal rich sort of inventory pool to just mm. they want scale. Yeah. Like like remember that agencies are are, are they, don't, they don't have. An abundance of resource to go and aggregate yeah. like a hundred, yeah. you know, subscale uh, retail media entities, right? Yeah. I know Walmart did in the US, but Walmart's the comparison yeah, is scale. massive, yeah, it's, right? It's, it's big enough. I don't even think Tesco's is big enough yeah. or Sainsbury's. I don't think they have the scale to be like Walmart, yeah. if you will. One of the things that they can do is, I suppose, they have very rich data. So a lot of them are trying to use the data outside their own wall garden. So like mm. pump it into a DSP to activate it. So that's where I see value. Now, I, I get annoyed because I see these fluffy, woolly terms and like the best example I can give you of, of of whether or not it's a thing is we try to do events right around a specific subject. So yeah. we did it. We did a one day event with attention and it went mental. Yeah. Six, seven sponsors like and it and it was well attended. Mm. We tried to do a retail media one and we said there was no, nobody taking it up Life because media, nobody yeah. knows what it is, right? That's the problem. Yeah. It's almost like they have an identity crisis, you know? Mm. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, because it, it's very early. I mean, it, 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 the behavior was happening before it became a, a, a named thing and became, right, so, and I think we, we, we all, clients would all know retail media, but it's, it's giving Tesco money or Dunn's money for end of all displays and that kind of stuff. So it's just kind of the, the digital version of that, which I think is, yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be big, but I think, I think you are probably right in the sense that we don't want to be doing stuff with Tesco and everybody and Super Value and Dawn's individually. And like that's only 12, us. Like twelve yeah. store uh, and it's different formats and different and you got different you got to traffic different ads and all and, and, and look and themselves. Look, they're never gonna work with yeah. each other, right? No, they, no, they, they think there might be an no. ozone retail. It's and, never gonna happen. And because they're rightly like, they're rightly very protective well, of their data, they, right? Exactly. Yeah. And they should be. And in this day and age, you can't mm. inject 
uh, Tesco sales data yeah. into an open bid yeah. stream. It, that was just the level of uh, they insanity. Make, they make fine money off of packaging and selling their data and insights to people already. And I mean, you know, Dunhumby's yeah, a huge business, exactly. So they're not going to mess that up. So it'll be small money, and it'll be it'll do it'll do well. well no, no, grow. I would caveat that when saying that that inventory pool they talk about is fucking enormous, yeah. right? I think it could be absolutely huge. And in fact, I think to blow the doors off more programmatic spend going yeah. that way. Yeah. If you have you need to aggregate it and it needs to be standardized, right? So product listing advertising is a good way in. Yeah. Now, and I know that a, a bunch of companies are working with the IB Tech Lab to kind of develop a, an open RTB protocol, which will enable that kind of like mm -hmm. ability to pass specific data, which might be, you know, intent or mm -hmm. context of page. As you say, is it beans being produced? Is, is yeah. it beans being advertised here? So what do you need with beans, you know? Yeah, Sausages exactly. or yeah. bread or whatever yeah, it might exactly. be, like, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you're right. The UX important because it, it, it's a fine line. Because I mean, it, it's I think Amazon. You mentioned they do a brilliant job because they serve you kind of similar. So if you might like this, or kind of you know if you're yeah. looking at fucking frying pans, they might sell you a spatula or whatever. Yeah. You might like this, but it, it, it they haven't gone. They haven't. Uh, it hasn't been detrimental to the you. It still works. I still get what you want. Well, you mean you get more Amazon stuff yeah. now, obviously. Nothing else. The agencies don't want that. Like they no. tell you, they, you, you can't beat Amazon. You don't yeah, want to say absolutely. we're going to go up against Amazon. I think this is a play around around mid to upper funnel stuff, right? ID rich, performance based stuff. Like It's like they want to spend more CTV, right? In the yeah. UK, it's difficult, right? Because yeah. it's mostly uh, TV, as I say. Mostly ITV and and uh, Channel 4 behind wall gardens, right? Yeah. There is no open marketplace. So maybe there's a chunk of spend they want to fire into things. Or they, they, uh, in many ways, it's still easier to spend in the open marketplace, right? Yeah, yeah. I think this is something you're going to see the legs of the trade desk and that lean right. really aggressively into that. into that space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we chatted about this already a bit. Like sometimes the industry is, is hilarious. If you look at the big bets and, and things that were so big that are just not around anymore, whatever that might be. Um, and there is an echo chamber of kind of rubbish. And you have to understand what, what people are pushing different narratives. Because um, like I remember... I don't know, maybe it was 15 years ago and people were saying the big holding groups are dead, they're dead, they're dead, and we're still here, we just evolved, right? We're, we're, they're still around, still big four players are here. So it's never quite revolution, it's it's kind of small changes. And if you don't evolve, you can die. The holding companies probably aren't as powerful as they used to be. Um, but I read something that, that you, just a kind of small thing you mentioned LinkedIn a while ago, and it's something that it struck a chord with me because... Um, it's this kind of fetishization of the death of this, the death of that. Everything's dead, right? I mean, if it's radio, TV, everything, everything's dead and yeah. yet nothing's dead, right? So, um, but do you think, and this is kind of not having to go here, I think a lot of this stuff is perpetuated by ad tech because the newness of things and, and you know, T, like it suits people say TV's dead what newspapers whatever and nothing's really dead right so <laughs> do you think ad tech has created its own little echo chamber and this kind of like the boy who cried wolf the death of stuff it, it kind of you said clickbait earlier on what do you what what's your view because you're in, in ad tech and it's it, you're making a fine uh, a fine living on it based on that Hugo Boss suit you're wearing in front of me today <laughs> It's a checkered shirt. I know, but people can't see that. <laughs> All right, okay. I'm not wearing Hugo Boss, by the way. Hey, I think it's just a 
ไม่ได้ไม่ได้ไม่ได้ไม่ได้ไม่ได้ไม่ได้ไม่ได้ไม่ได้ไม่ได้ไม่ได้ไม่ได้ไม่ได้ไม่ได้ไม่ได้ไ
terrestrial, what, what form of terrestrial broadcast uh, TV. Yeah. Um, so, so it's just evolution, yeah. like, yeah. And then it's like, oh, but it's no. not. As, it's, you're not going to open that email, are you? I mean, yeah. The evolution of no, the, the slow rolled evolution of TV, but, I, but it feeds Next. into it feeds into this negative mentality, which you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, for one, I, you know, I, I run with I run exchange where a bunch of smart people like exchange work my business partner Rachel Smith, and then we have a fine team like. We take a view to be more po positive, yeah, right? Yeah. Because people look to you and go, okay, what do we do next? Or what yeah, business yeah. do I do? So I'm more interested in the in the possibilities in the space. Remember that Antic doesn't really change. It, it just every so often there's a massive collapse and then it rebuilds yeah, itself. Yeah. And yeah. It, likewise and in, in advertising. So privacy now. is this is a huge opportunity yeah. to rebuild the entire mm. ecosystem. And I think like it's never been a more exciting time yeah. to work in the industry. I agree. I agree. Um, I, we won't go, I'm not going to keep you too much longer because I know you're, you're a busy man time of year it is, but I'm going to look back at a couple of a couple of things that happened um, in 2023 and then kind of see, get your thoughts on where you think it might go in 2024. So in May, I think it was May, DU gave a, a record fine to Meta into 1.2 billion quid or something. And then, and then they, Meta were later on the year come out with their kind of, compliance workaround which was um premium subscription ad free model what do you think next year looks like for big tech is it going to be a, another year of heavy fines are fines getting heavier and heavier and people just going after like or is it like is the genie out of the bottle to a degree and we, we've the frankenstein is created and it's going to be hard to to correct this now and and fines and stuff they can pay them in their sleep what do you think 2024 looks like for big tech well, I mean, I think that um, a lot of the big technology companies are going to be collared by legislators around their market share, right? I, I don't know what that means, but Google's in the middle of some really, really big mm. cases in the US, particularly around their search yeah. um, uh, monopoly. Um, and I don't know what happens in that sense. They can do, they can't kill us. Like, mm. I label us, we're like the 20 percenters, right? They're the eighty percent of the twenty percenters, right? And we've lived, we've learned to live off the twenty percenters. It's yeah. still a really good business. Yeah. Um, there could be a chance that Google gets, you know, forced to spin out Gam and Adex, which would be incredible for anybody on the sell side um, in, in sort of that part of the world, like the SSPs and yeah. ad servers. But we just have to. I I think we have to live with Google. We have to live with Amazon. But yeah. remember this: agencies. A brand won't give 100% spend to Amazon, Meta, and Google. It just won't happen because they, that would give them unbelievable pricing power in the space. So, so they'll always be 20%. And likewise, agencies don't make money from Meta and uh, Amazon and Google. They want to do business with new businesses, new interesting business. And by the way, Amazon and Google and Meta do not cover an awful lot of stuff, particularly around measurement. They, they don't targeting. care about the agency no. business really anyway. So. But they don't like the measurement stuff. Think yeah. about tension you need like third parties um independent third parties to do that stuff yeah and new innovation as innovative as google is they're kind of more of a copier rather than an innovator these days in our space like so mm. they see something and they grab it um but they're 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 going to be hamstrung about what they can acquire as well so that will eat into what they do they won't go away they'll mm. just be here and i've kind of gone i made my peace with it like i was sort of an anti-googler Mm. I'm not anti-Google at all, actually. I use a lot of their products and they're a fine business. But on the media side, it's like, you know, people are 
giving out about privacy or giving about third party deprecation. I, I think third party deprecation is going to be good for the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let the free market decide. Privacy sandbox will be a bit of a disaster, I think, for the first couple of months, but people will use it. But it won't be the be all and end all for everything, yeah. right? I kept saying that. I think privacy sandbox will be more about retargeting. Mm-hmm. And in the mid to upper funnel stuff, you're going to have to think, rethink how you plan and buy, which mm-hmm. is good for the yeah, industry yeah, as a whole. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Again, this could go, we could go, we could do a whole podcast about this. So it was a busy year for Elon Musk, right? And I have to say, right, he's losing the plot, I think, to a degree. Um, but he's, He's enormously entertaining in terms of just the madness. There's just no doubt he's a clever dude, right? He's very clever. But sometimes I just don't know what, I don't know what he's thinking. Um, like he, he, he buys things like I buy, you know, jackets off, off the internet, right? So even with Twitter, one of the worst impulse decisions of all time was to say he was buying Twitter. I think then, well, certainly from my point of view, you think of the world I live in in terms of the the, the power and equity uh, that 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 brand had, the distinctive assets, the the tweet, the the bird, the the fact that it was carried on every news report. It had a huge amount of um, ad stock and, and 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 positive goodwill kind of built up in people's minds. So to change it then to X or whatever for whatever reason, I think that was madness as well. Like just madness. I don't know what he's I don't know what he's doing in there. And I don't know if you saw the stuff recently where he was on stage and he was. Um, he was talking about like advertisers, um, you know, who having a go with advertisers who rightly, in my opinion, come off the platform because they don't agree with um, some of the some of the the, the the statements that he's made and his political views about uh, certain things, and they're entitled to not spend money on them. But to kind of this outrageous that letter Jackie's wearing is ridiculous anyway. But this outrageous <laughs> kind of comment about you, it will be on you. You will ruin this company. You advertisers who won't support me. Um, and and so what it was, he was like, uh, tell it to earth, whatever. He's just getting more bizarre. So a lot, a lot. What, what do you think of X, Twitter? Do you think there's any way back? Or do you think, as you kind of said earlier on, he doesn't care about advertising and he doesn't care. And he actually doesn't care. Doesn't it seems he doesn't care about Twitter or X. He'd be quite well, happy I, I to think, run it down. Uh, I think that... Um... <laughs> you, you, you could probably do many podcasts. Oh yeah, there probably is loads of them on him. I won't go into like his Percy traits, but like he he is he is a genius, right? Yeah. Um, although his genius is built off the back of a lot of other people. Um, so like, isn't he, everyone's he's a, mostly quite quite a quite an you know, opportunist individual? He doesn't give a flying <laughs> shit about advertising. And let's be honest, Twitter was never really a go-to for advertisers. Like it was nice to have, but it wasn't really like no, it was more no. event was more event-based stuff. So like you'd buy a ton of Twitter ads around you it know, was a great Super Bowl or all around. So it's no loss to the industry, I don't think. Anyway, and that money has to go somewhere and it'll probably go to, you know, us 20%ers. Um yeah. he is playing I don't know what he like I mean <laughs> I don't know if he it, knows what he's doing half I the think, time. I think that I think that this latest raise he did for this AI business that will, you know, think about large language models, which is what, you know, most of sort of, you know, chat GPT is running off and, and Bard and all the rest of it. They need to be powered by data, right? Yeah. The data, it trains the model. And what Elon has with Twitter slash X is a brilliant repository yeah. of real-time data that will train Grok, right? Yeah. So maybe he's thinking like, I'm going to build, you know, that 44 billion that I paid for, I could get that value from Twitter, suck out all the value in terms of people 
posting on the site. That would power Grok, and then Grok would be used by different, you know, entities globally, right? Mm. So that's probably his his end game. I, I, I've, he doesn't give a crap about advertisers, mm. and I, I don't think advertisers should be scared of Elon Musk. Like, um, he has sway over all the incels, but like, you know, reasonable people just think, you know, he's a genius, but he's an idiot, mm. or he's a bully, or you know, he's a lot of power. He's an egomaniac, and you know, yeah, that too. And then, he, and then you've got a bunch of sycophants kind of defend him like but he like he is a smart guy There's he's no box office though right I mean right yeah, you're yeah, wrong he, he, he sells he sells uh, more ads on pages let's put it that way like you oh, know yeah, people yeah. people are drawn to money look he's you know he's revolutionised the car industry he, he's he's building a bloody you know a next generation space company yeah he's, he's managed to build a, a, a re, I wish a he'd re, do more of that reusable like, rocket and that kind of stuff he, but like him, that's him, him, him attacking time elsewhere you know, him attacking the likes of Leo over be betraying Irish people because uh, the Irish government wants to put stronger controls around, you know, what can and can't be said on yeah. on social media to stop stuff like the riots happening. Yeah. I, I think like that's that's the kind of stuff that I would I'd rather him not do. Like yeah. he, he's he's in no position to question a democratically elected uh leader who's trying to protect the citizens in the best way possible, right? Um and and you know mm. I I have mixed views on it. I I I really do respect him, but then his personality is sort of off putting. Like he has a very unique view of the world, and whether that's on the spectrum or not, there you need to have a degree of you know some kind of morality in there as well. And he seems to have lost yeah. to run himself. As like I think Twitter as an ad platform is dead. Yeah, it's it was dead. 12 months ago it was yeah. dead when he took over mm. um, and, and, then, no and then there's a whole like subset around what Linda Yaccarino was doing in there like yeah. basically going down with a sinking ship but I don't even use X anymore I think it's basically just a, a cesspool of crap yeah. um, and but you but you think that because like him or loathe him the one thing he's not is stupid right now he, no, he, he knows he's, he's impulsive and he's petulant if you, he's, if you think about he he, he there's a bunch of like theories about what he's trying to do force the the, the company into bankruptcy and then yeah. buy the debt back at a cheaper rate than he got it like that's that's one which, opinion which is which looks like, of, I, I, that looks that's like way, all the evidence which is that's, that's what he's trying that's to do that's way above our pay grades yeah. I, I don't have the mental capacity to do that and I don't have <laughs> the funds to be doing that but if anybody can play that game of chicken with like JP Morgan and all the rest of those big Wall Street banks it's probably Elon right well, he's, um, he, he, he's quite good at manipulating the market in terms of he, and he can do it relatively easy in terms of his he, control he, and influence he, he, he has got without any consequence the biggest mostly. platform in the world he's got a megaphone bigger than anything else the yeah. man the man is in a very powerful position um, some people don't like that I don't particularly fucking care I just, I just want to see the cage fight with with yeah, Zuckerberg. I, I, I think <laughs> grown I think, men, two grown men carrying on like this. It's just madness. I it? couldn't care less. No, couldn't care less. Uh, I, I um, wouldn't I wouldn't spend my afternoon watching two idiots fight in the cage. I'd I'd I'd, I'd, watch, I'd watch the highlights of it, but uh, I would just, you? I, I mean I just because it's just wrong. It's just mad. I I I wouldn't I, I don't know, he's mad anyway. He, They're all mad, but he he look uh, he, he is he is an entertaining man. He, he's he, an entertaining uh, man. I have to say, some people reasons, really, but... really don't like him. Um, but is that a bad thing then? Because he, what what's, call, what's that called? Um, 
uh, toxic masculinity they call it. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Like young men are looking. Scott up Galloway is always uh, he's you know, holding them accountable for that. as well. Hey, like all he talks about is his own wealth. He's a gobshite. I know. Well. He, he's. I can't oh, listen I, to him either. I, 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 I like him. He grates me after a while, but um, he's not. No, he's I not talk about how much fan. money I have. That's all he talks about. I was like, oh, I don't really care. <laughs> I'm sure he's not listening anyway. So no, he doesn't care. Um, uh, right, got, I'm gonna wrap it up in a second but just want your view what you make of the, the Sam Alton and kind of the car crash and whatever again it was a mad year in terms of things that happened and how quickly how quickly that happened and then how quickly it was you turned what you make of it what was your thoughts on that so, did you just so I think, I, I think like uh, Silicon Valley has sort of jumped the shark really like it's now become tabloid rather yeah. than like a place of innovation like the whole Sam Altman thing is a, you know sort of tabloid fodder like I mean I the the, the tech press fed off it like they were doing specials one off yeah. specials and it was everywhere and yeah. I was like going this is a load of nonsense he'll be back in that job yeah. in a week and I told Lara Riley who who works for Business Cider and she's one of the finest ad tech journalists in the, in the game we were chat. I chat to her every day because I feed her loads of good stories um, and I said look this is it's this will be done in a week in nothing. four days he's back yeah and lo and behold, he was. Um, uh, I have no idea what's going on. I think people are losing the run themselves, mm. thinking that we're creating robots to, to destroy the world. Mm. If that happens, that happens. Like, what can you do about it? Like, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I for true. one, am not going to uh, lose sleep know, over. Yeah, I for one welcome our uh, robotic overlords. Overlords, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'd be we'd be interesting pets, wouldn't we? If, if yeah, we're... I mean, like, I'd be happy. Uh, just uh, be tra- walked every day, <laughs> <laughs> fed every day. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, I'm gonna wrap up in a second, but anything that we haven't covered, what would you? Because back years ago when you came on, you you were famous for your your ad tech predictions, and they were you were you were rating things in Steins, if I remember correctly. I don't know if you yeah, do that, that was anymore, uh, so. it was sort of a uh, uh, you know. I don't know if that's how many signs you'd had before you thought well, it was interesting. Well, no, it was more sort of, sort of uh, a, 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 a sweetheart note to the Mexico, which is you know unfortunately yeah, yeah. is in decline at the minute. Um, so what's what have you? What are your not so much big bets? What what's interesting in the year ahead, twenty twenty four? I think I think I think you're going to see from from like the, the first party capital side. I think you're going to see lots of M and A next year. I think with interest rates coming down. There's going to be more money that these guys can buy or borrow to buy companies. So yeah. you're going to see a lot more consolidation, particularly from of ad tech assets that are going to be like really hammered um, pretty badly by uh, signal loss, and they will see some consolidation. But you're also seeing a lot of new companies appear and doing some really cool stuff. So I think on that side, that's what I think you're going to see a lot of um, interesting sort of moves. There'll be some a lot of M and A. There wasn't that much this year. Mm. It was pretty a pretty linear. We do a a tracker of all the M and A in ad tech uh, uh, in Europe. Uh, it's just for our investors, and there was about I think nine billion over the last three years. That's between public listings, uh, M and A acquisitions by you know trade sales and uh, private equity deals. Mm-hmm. But I see you're going to see more of that. I think next year. I think uh, privacy sandbox could be a bit of a car crash. <laughs> Uh, at the beginning of the year, um, I think Google is doing a really, really, really bad job of articulating this to the market. Like, I even, you know, I get some insight from the IB Tech Lab uh, forums, and a lot of vendors are not happy about how confused Google is around a lot of this stuff. Right. I think they need to do a better job to 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 
educate the market around this. I have does that, seen. Does that show like how interested they are no. or how serious they take it? If they, because they, they, they're pretty good at things when they set their mind to it. If they, if they want to be. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know to be honest with you, because I feel that there's two teams working in sort of separation here. There's the sort of Chrome product team, and then there's the ad team. Um, but you know, remember, this still has to be. Um, the CMA, which is the, the 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 body that covers all this sort of M and A activity in the UK, um, they have to say if it's good or not. Basically, mm-hmm. they 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 still have to give their blessing to it. So I think that's going to be uh, a a big uh, bone of contention next year that nobody really is talking about. Right. Yeah. Um, and then it's just basically com- companies and the industry as a whole just getting used to the new environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's going to be interesting. And I can't see any sort of, um, you know, I could talk to you here about Google being broken up, but I've been saying that for, for the better yeah, part of 10 yeah. years. I deliberately didn't say because we talked uh, about it a good I mean, few like, times. You know, and... I, I, uh, maybe, maybe, who knows, but it, it could be just like pay the fine, move on, yeah. pay the fine, move on. I, I, I've kind of like made my peace on, on, yeah. on that side of things. I think it's going to be an exciting year. I think it's a year of innovation. It's a year, it's going to be a decade of innovation. I think that lots yeah. of new businesses getting built. I think, you know, I, I, you know, I think some of the stuff we talked about, like I think AI is going to have a huge impact uh, in, in sort of tech that's yeah. being used. Um, uh, you know, retail media, there's going to be a lot of movement around that, around the programmatic piece. And I think it's going to be quite exciting as well. And uh, you know it's good to see the Tesco and Sainsbury's are, are, and, and Carrefour are building these products because I think agencies want yeah, to have yeah, access to yeah. um, 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 data. Um, but yeah, I think you know it, 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 there'll always be a few surprises next year. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. maybe maybe Twitter goes or X goes bust and Elon yeah. buys about pennies in the pound, like you know. Maybe. Well, you know, and it's good to have a have a look at these things. And actually, I ha- I have I've I've sensed a change in your mood because normally you're you're a bit more. Well, not downbeat, but you could be. You're quite positive and quite upbeat about things, and kind of major piece with the the twenty percenters, and um, and we're not. We have like we didn't mention, not giving out about the unfairness of the Googles and Metas and anything like that. So, um, but yeah, looking, your business doing well for you. So you're confident. I, I'm kind of confident about next year as well. I think, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to. I'm looking for. I I like I like next year. By this go, but when this goes out, it'll be this year, obviously. But like, yeah, I, I, a clean slate is always good. You can kind of put the past to bed and get on with it and dust yourself off and say, right, we go again. So I'm I'm kind of upbeat. We, yeah, but I like we we'll start the year well. Yeah, and and there's people should realize that there's still tons of opportunity yeah. uh, in this industry. Whether you work at an agency or or whether you work in an ad tech company or work in a publisher, it's exciting. There and 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 like you know, publishers are getting still getting hammered, but I think the the tide has changed for them as well in terms of like the flight to quality, right? Yeah. You know, this MFA stuff is going to start to to bite um, a lot, and and a lot of the brands are pushing back against us now. Like, I mean, it was, when I think about MFA, you're talking about listicle sites, you know, like yeah. you, you never guess what happened next type yeah, of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> There'll be a backlash against that, and I think. Curation then puts more power into like the Irish Times hands and stuff like that. There, so yeah. I, uh, uh, yeah, look, the 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 negative people would say, oh, Google and Meta and it's the death the, of this, the, the death of that. Oh, email newsletters are dead, and oh, scale is over, and and you're, oh, you're like, remember that those people are trying to sell a product yeah. as well. Well, that's look, I would say, uh, yeah, I welcome seeing 
the death of the death of email those emails the death of them I, I imagine getting like a, a headline in an email newsletter saying the death of email newsletters <laughs> I say the irony is so thick you can yeah, choke on it like. well I think you should do a post saying your prediction should be the death of the death of headlines right? yeah and then that's what we go with yeah. right Kieran, it has been a pleasure uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it so um, thanks for taking the time to come in and I, I'll see you I'll have you on again next year yeah you, I love coming in it's going to become a Christmas, yeah, uh, a Christmas end of year thing it's, so. a, it's a special time and it's it's yeah it feels quite magical because it's pre-Christmas now we're we should get Rob tomorrow. on next year get him sitting in the I had life. him on for the wrap-up episode last yeah. month um, and it was he, good actually yeah he was a big improvement on it the year before he was very nervous I have to say he was right. big, and, and he was he was much he was much, much is more he like a, your new year. co-host now He'll, he? I, I, it's happening I think it's going to happen I mean I thought he was going to join this one dynamic duo yeah well so okay Karen, listen, have a great Christmas and I'll talk to you next year. Thanks, Dave. So, yeah, Karen, I really appreciate you coming in. I, I always love having you on. I appreciate you taking the time, whether it's done on Teams or in person. Um, I always love you you coming on and chatting because you're so candid and so insightful. So thanks. Um, and thanks particularly for coming in today and taking the time to see us in Dentsu. So thank you so much. And and thank you to Kieran Marketing and Andrea and Sound. And also, and also, as always, thank you to our wonderful partners at Irish Times Media Solutions who make all of this possible. And thanks to you for listening. If you liked that episode, why not listen back to our ever-growing, evergreen bat catalogue of great content. You will find it all by simply typing Irish Times Inside Marketing into your search engine of choice. So, if you don't know, now you know. 2024 is the year of opportunity and a year to be thankful. Appreciate the industry you're in and have some fun and less of the death of doom and gloom. Okay, right. Until later, thanks for listening. Bye. The Inside Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Dentsu and Irish Times Media Solutions. 